Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. I'm joined again today by Terry Arco of Hassa, and we're going to discuss high cyanuric acid and how that affects chemistry and your ability to balance the pool and maintain a pool with high cyanuric acid. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Something that I think is a problem in, of course, Southern California, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, I would say the Western states, we're heavily reliant on the trichlor tablets to get through the week. And the CYA level, cyanuric acid levels, of course, rise dramatically with tablet use. And we talked about only doing maybe partial drains or or not even draining pools in certain environments. Is there a way for the pool pro to switch off of tablets? Let's say the cyanuric acid is at 150 parts per million. Can they just simply switch to liquid chlorine and get off tablets? And will that cyanuric acid drop on its own? Or how does that actually work? Well, the, the so first of all, the cyanuric acid is not going to drop on its own just by switching to liquid. You would you would have to do some drain and dilute to knock it down. And, and then if you went on liquid at that point, you're not going to get any increase of CYA mm-hmm. based on that. I'm not going to be the one who's going to say, well, you should just completely get off trichlor. I mean, I did pools. I understand the convenience of trichlor. I understand having the floater of the feeder and that helps keep you through the week and that sort of thing. So sure, I get that. Um, And if that's kind of what you're going to do, I think what you need to do though, is you need to monitor your CYA regularly. You're going to have to look at probably having a, a pretty regular drain and dilute situation going. But I would say, you know, uh, when you get into the heavy season and when you see that CYA starting to climb up, uh, you know, maybe at that point, cut off the tablets and just go to liquid and, and go to liquid through the, the season and keep your CYA managed. And uh, that could be a good way of doing that. The other thing is, of course, you know, if you decide uh, or if a pro decides, you know, well, hey, I'm just not going to do tabs at all anymore. I'm going to go all liquid. Uh, and we know that that can be. Uh, sometimes a bit of uh, uh, it can it can be a, a bit of a challenge from the standpoint of well how am I going to make sure I've got enough chlorine to get me through the week or whatever and that gets into where you know you certainly could put a liquid feeder in like Haas's HLF that's a pretty simple one um, or if you want to get a little more sophisticated uh, you know you could put a a a Rolachem a, a system in you know if the customer warrants that and and, and they want to you know spend the money for that. And then you can just feed your liquid through the week and uh, and it's a go, you know, and then you don't have any CYA increase from that standpoint. I guess the solution would be to switch off of the tablets and also do maybe a partial drain a yes. foot of water. Or drain like a little bit each week until the cyanuric acid level gets down to something suitable under 100 would probably be ideal, right? 
I'm going to say, and this is what everyone's saying, uh, Pool Hot Tub Alliance, Model Aquatic Health Code, the, uh, the standards that are coming out now are saying 30 to 50 parts per million. Yeah, it's pretty low for most pool pros. We're over that just by taking over an account. We're like yeah, over 100 already for when we start. I, I mean, I, I teach the pool chemistry certified residential course with Bob Lowry, and, where he basically has targets. And his target for CYA is 50 parts per million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting because, you know, most of the pools in my area, at least, are definitely over over cyanuric acid levels of that. And getting down there would take significant amount of partial drains uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah. But the thing to consider there, too, is if you want to if you are going to go by the CYA to free chlorine uh, ratio of 7.5 percent, if you're at 100, then that means really technically you need to be maintaining 7.5 ppm of uh, free chlorine. That's one of Bob Lowry's legacy uh, formulas. And just go over that real quick one more time for the listeners, because if you have the cyanuric acid elevated, you're going to need more sanitizer for that pool to, for it to be effective in the pool. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, and basically, as, as I pointed out, there is what we call the free chlorine to CYA uh, ratio, I think it's one of the terms that they use. And uh, they've kind of come up with this 7.5% as sort of the, 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 the sweet spot. Uh, so basically what that means is you take your cyanuric acid uh, level or reading, whatever that is, and you um, – multiply that times 7.5%. And that's the amount of free chlorine. And, and, and when we talk about this, we're talking about residual now, okay? That means that's the residual you have to be able to maintain in that pool, you know, 24-7 in order for you not to get algae, in order for there not to be any bacteria that's not taken care of or inactivated. So uh, let's just look at one example. Uh, since I brought up the target that Bob has of 50 ppm. Um, so if you have 50 ppm CYA uh, times the, the 7.5%, uh, that means that you're going to need 3.75 ppm uh, of free chlorine um, to keep algae and bacteria out of the pool. That That's just something to consider. I mean, if you, and again, as I pointed out, if I said, if you're at 100, well, that's 7.5 ppm. Uh, so that's so if you're a, at 200, you got to you got to keep the chlorine at 14 parts per million, right. which is 14 the, parts per million. And that's a little bit over the LA County Health Department's uh, 10 parts per million maximum, and that's yeah. every day you got to keep it at 14 parts per million. Yes, and I and, and just you know since you kind of brought up the LA uh, County thing, uh, the EPA. If you look on any chlorine level, the max that the EPA says is four um, mm-hmm. for for swimmers to be in the water. Um, I do want to bring something else up, though, in relation to this, and that is that uh, with the use of borates, um, and this is another sort of a, it, it, particularly when we're talking in drought, about drought, and we're talking about saving chlorine, saving saving cost, and so forth. If you have 50 ppm of borate in the pool, you can knock that uh, CYA to free chlorine ratio from 7.5 down to 5%. Uh, that would definitely... Um, you know, lower the uh, the amount that you need. That's a good point to point out there. And since we're talking about chlorine and effectiveness, something that's not talked about really often anywhere is the UV index. Now, when I look at the weather report, 
I look at the UV index mainly for my safety for, you know, skin cancer and how long I should be exposed to direct sunlight. And currently the UV index has been pretty high in California, but in Texas, an area like that where the UV index is extremely high, the chlorine in the pool is affected pretty dramatically by the UV index. Yeah, very much so. In fact, uh, this is another thing we teach in the pool chemistry certified residential that uh, in the in the very intense times like summer uh, or intense times of the day of uh, of sunlight and UV, even even if you've got CYA in the pool, even if you have cyanuric acid in the pool, you can still get a one ppm per day loss in the pool. And if you throw in oxidation and swimming, uh, you know, different reactions and stuff, I mean, it it it's really um, pretty feasible in the hot summer uh, you can be losing about 10 parts per million of chlorine a week Mm -hmm. which is a tremendous amount especially if you have a 30,000 gallon pool in texas and you know you're going to be adding a ton of chlorine just to keep up with the the burn off yeah i mean it's it's just a definite thing to think about the more sun the more heat uh, the more UV and the more UV uh, and this is again regard and you know sometimes uh, you'll get service techs or whatever they'll think well okay I'll just up up my CYA because there's more UV well it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way uh, you know you're not going to get any better effect out of cyanuric acid by putting more cyanuric acid in mm-hmm. uh, it just doesn't work that way but yet you know the the greater UV uh, that you have coming into the pool, uh, regardless of where your CYA is, is still going to cause the chlorine to get consumed faster than normal. I probably get a lot of hate mail for this, but one thing that was implemented in the last drought was the, the state gave like a $100 rebate if you put a pool cover on you know, one of those bubble covers sure. on your pool. Sure. And pool guys hate those covers. You are in the industry. You hate taking them off, putting them on. Yeah. The yeah. pool gets dirty. It's just a mess. There's algae on the cover. I'm going to say a little bit of a misnomer on the cover situation, too, is it, this is just me, uh, especially for um, living in a warmer, hotter uh, area, and particularly in summer. If I'm going to cover my pool, I, I wouldn't cover it with a bubble cover. I, I'd just get a straight cover. Um, like a thermal cover or something like that. Uh, and the reason being is, uh, you know, those um, bubble covers are going to heat heat the water up. And uh, I don't know that in the summer you want to be heating your water up. That's, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I find up here, I live up here in Seattle, and uh, what happens up here is uh, people get those bubble covers because they want to, uh, you know, when the weather begins to change, uh, they want to be able to heat their water using the bubble cover, which is that's what they're intended for, really. They're intended to get some extra heat uh, and then hold hold the heat in. Uh, but what happens a lot of times up here is, you know, it may be uh, uh, cool and rainy at the beginning of the week. And if somebody's got that bubble cover on and then uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, all of a sudden the rain breaks and the sun comes out. And the temperatures go up to 85-ish or so or whatever, and that bubble cover's left on for the rest of the whole week till the weekend. And so then the people get there to their pool on the weekend, and their pool's heated to 85 or 90, uh, and there's no – the chlorine's gotten used up. 
and their pools are starting to turn green. So you really, with the bubble covers, <clears throat> you really have to manage those, I think. So I'm more so saying if you're going to have a physical cover uh, in those kinds of areas where you've got intense sunlight, I, I'd go with like a thermal cover instead mm -hmm. because it'll hold the heat in, but it's not going to cause the pool to heat up more from the solar or sunlight. The uh, covers do save with some of the evaporation, is that? Yeah, no, totally, absolutely. And I mean, in the other option, and I think California even included um, uh, the the liquid uh, uh, covers, um, these, mm -hmm. these liquid solar covers, um, even that can help. Anything that reduces evaporation, and whether it's a physical cover or uh, a liquid solar cover, um, those do reduce evaporation, and when you reduce evaporation, uh, you know, you just, you, you know, you don't have the solids build up as quickly. The only thing with the liquid covers that you mentioned is the pool gets kind of um, icky looking, if I can use that term, because <laughs> everything sticks to that liquid cover. The bugs are floating on there. It looks That's almost true. like there's That's a, true. Yeah. A, a grease layer on the surface of the pool, but it is effective. It just, you have to get used yeah. to the look of having a dead bee floating there for two days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they're putting surface tension on the water, so definitely um, that's going to happen. And if you're looking for the other podcasts in this series, you can go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon, and then you'll see a drop-down menu of the other podcasts. You'll also find the links to these podcasts in the podcast description. And of course, if you subscribe to the show, you'll get the next episode emailed to you or sent to your device. And if you're interested in my coaching program, you can learn more about that at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at get skimmer backslash pool guy again that's get skimmer backslash pool guy skimmer everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app